break, draft, trade. Maybe just real quick run through it. Okay. Last episode was right after the semifinals going into the finals. Right. Wait, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Championships. Championships. Your 10 seconds of fame where you get to be like, I won this championship. I won this pipe. I Double deuce, baby. See you next year from players in the playoffs. This is the see you next year edition where we're talking about all the teams that got eliminated. Okay. A player who's going to have some kind of a dynasty adventure this offseason, like Lamar. And then these other guys, like free agents, like Tampa Bay, where Brady's a free agent. And mocks and drafts right now and the strategy with approaching them, which a lot of our responses to these are going to be centered around the mocks and drafts that we're doing right now. Okay. All right. Ready? Steady. Go we. Sure. So I'm going to just ask real quick, even though I might look stupid, who the freak is Jay Jets? Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Oh! <laughs> okay, can you cut that Definitely out? Definitely cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. I'm like, I don't know who Jay Jets Jay Jets or Jeffs with an F? Jets. Why? My name is Jeff. Person. Yeah, but you're saying Jets with a T? I don't know why. Okay. We don't make the rules. Nick, don't yell at me. Uh, yeah, this isn't a rule I created. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't get it, because it makes no sense, and I'm a very logical person. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so you're going to cut that entire segment out so that I, I mean, yeah, yeah so there's the stupid question. <laughs> it's going in the intro. <laughs> Who's Jay Jets? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nick, I know the town you live in. You're gonna live in. I'll come get you. Nashville, it's only half the state. It won't take me forever if I know. Oh my god, they're still taking rookie picks. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Are you there? Hello? Nick? Have you been listening or you can hear us? Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Now. Now? More bars and more places. (laughs) Oh god. Are you calling me old? I mean, mom? Is that you? Yeah, there it is. Am I underwater? Nope. <laughs> yes. Am I still coming up for air yet? <laughs> nope, not there yet. <gasps> not yet? No, not yet. <laughs> Should be fresh explosions. <laughs> Yay. Oh, God. Um, we all love this time of year. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, not great. Uh- that's awful. Good times, good times. Yeah, that's fun. Nick should have a good time with this and the uh, when he's going through looking for stuff to put in intros. That's fine. He'll mix all this in. So Nick just became an honorary gent. He and I are doing this pirate league week to week. If you win, you get to steal a player. But if you lose, you're obviously getting a player taken. So everybody's a vampire. I don't share well at all, so I don't like to have people take my stuff. <laughs> the level of intricacy and all the extra things around the outside and the effort that he puts in is what my attraction is. Oh yeah. I mean he is. He's a fantasy football event planner. That's what he is. I'm more of an event participator. Yeah, yeah that's me. Like, I'll bring my own drink. <laughs> Craig just cracks the door open. Of course my little Annie Banani comes prancing in because she was panicking. She couldn't find mom. Did he bring you a drink? <laughs> Did you ring the bell? No. <laughs> Like, ring the bell. No, but around the corner comes a bottle of Tito's. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. All right, let the party begin. Thanks for taking care of mom. Yeah, I'm teaching my nine-year-old how to mix drinks. <laughs> Parent of the year. I heard squeeze the lime. She's on the right track. <laughs> Cheers. Did she do it over a knife? Details, Mike. Come on, parent no, of the year. Nice aren't safe for children to make alcoholic drinks with. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a 5.4, a 7.6, a 9.2, a 10.0? Yeah. Hey. Well, I never know. Uh, the fact that you know those specific numbers is pretty impressive to me. Those were just made up numbers. Oh, you had me. <laughs> you totally, you shouldn't have said that. I just thought you were like a. The general manager makes anywhere from 175 to 250. Ooh, I want to go do that. Sign me up. What are you even mad at, Generals? It's my new jersey I got for Christmas. Is that an Iowa jersey of George yeah. Kittle? No, he was 46 at Iowa. But he hasn't even turned 46 yet. It's not a numeric <laughs> representation of their age, Noble. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess, Mike. No, your name isn't Mike. No, I like when he says... What? You're Mike now? No. Are we both Mike? When you... (laughs) Wait a second. Mike check. I like when you say, now that's the stuff. (laughs) Now that's the stuff. Hostess. You know, I've given you... You said one day, every time I say hostess, you're like, I just want to say, and now that's the stuff. And I've given you two opportunities and you look at me like, I don't know what this B is doing. I'm trying to be really good because you said you're nervous, so I'm not paying attention. I'm always nervous. That doesn't go away. Okay. Let's start again. Ready? Very good. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess. No? Now that's the stuff. (laughs) I did it. I said it. That's not her name. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble, a.k.a. The Queen. And let me introduce our two fantasy brains of the pod. We have our bougie, silk pajama-wearing papa of the pod, Mike. You can find him at underscore Papa Bear Claw on Twitter. (laughs) Mike, say hello to your fabulous fans. Hello. I'm, I'm Mike again, not you. I'm happy. He's Popper Bear Claw. Popper Bear Claw. <laughs> and my fellow co-manager, Pirates. We just joined a league together, so we're pirating it out. Uh, our resident Iowa fan, my partner in crime, Mr. Nick James, who can be found on Twitter at Iowa in the NFL. Nick, say hello to your fans. Hello, hello. Yes, teaming up with the Gun Malls, which Malls, M-O-L-L-S, I had to look up, and apparently it's a back-in-the-day female companion for a gangster. That's right. So there we go. We're like Bonnie and Clyde right now. (laughs) We're like the Bonnie and Clyde of the fantasy football world. Yep. And mine's the sharp-shinned Hawks. It's as close as I could get to Hawkeyes. So for our pirate one, it's the sharp-shinned booty malls. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really funny. (laughs) Booty's pirate, right? (laughs) When you said it out, when you say it out loud, it makes sense. I think you ended up winning one of the championships in those series of leagues. I did. So I am the reigning champion, the queen of the deuce in 2021. And if it's possible to be even stronger and even better year two, I did that. <laughs> this girl, mm-hmm, the non-gent gent of the group, she did it in the deuce. I was super excited. And I just want to point out on that team, since I, I've got to fit him in somewhere in this pod, it, this is the perfect place. I happen to have Amon Ra St. Brown on that team. Huh. <laughs> you don't say. Armand Ra? Armand Ra happens to be. Armand Ra. The sun god on my team. So I just. Sounds like something you polish something with. Armand <laughs> Ra. <laughs> so anyway, my point being at the beginning of our pods during last season, there was a deep conversation about whether Amon-Ra was going to come into the season and be the sun god that he was at the end of last year. For the record, I would like to point out that I think I was right. Do you guys agree that he was pretty awesome? He was better than expected. Yep. I think if you can put your crown on any take this offseason, it's your adamant love of Amon-Ra and no longer Miles Gaskin. I mean, Miles is always going to have a special place in my heart, but it's going to be like... (laughs) That was so last year. Probably on a deep bench because I have a problem letting him go completely. I don't, I I have him in too many places actually still because I just can't let go. Shocker. Yeah. Broken news. Broken news. Anyway, so that was my claim to fame. From two years ago. I outscored like the second place team in points in that league by well over 200 points. So I'm really proud of the team I built in there. And I will have you know, I did make a couple of trades to win the championship and fantasy football back-to-back I think is no easy feat obviously thank you captain obvious <laughs> yep your hat rack team mm-hmm. yeah I'll never build another one put your hat on yeah my crown hang your hat on I'm gonna hang my crown I mean you definitely you, you definitely have to get lucky at that I mean there are probably championship championship teams from last year that had like you know Russ Stafford Najee yeah DK Metcalf players like mm-hmm. that and they just expect
expecting to go in again and then trading their picks early, trying to build up again and just train wrecking. I got lucky that I didn't have any massive injuries, which was hard this year. I mean, injuries were like awful this year. So I got lucky that I wasn't plagued with injuries. I mean, I had cup in other teams and other places that really killed me. But that team, I, I just, yes, luck plays a part. I like to think that it's my impeccable listening to Nick and Mike give me the best fantasy information on the planet. I listen to our own podcast. <laughs> and ignore the armor and roll <laughs> information. No, that one I was like, you guys can just be quiet over there with your hate for Amon Ra, and I'm going to show you why you should be listening to me. And I did. Facts. Facts. All right, Mike, what do you got? Championships? I, I, had a, I had quite a few championships, but uh, still have a lot of teams. And Nick knows how many of the, the worst of the worst teams that I've taken from him as orphans. That's pretty much the guy who'll take the worst, worst team. So I still have a lot of teams that are in quite a rebuild still. I really didn't have too much to work with. At this point, I'm just really excited about the Giants. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. Mike. This is exciting for Giants fans. Yeah, you, you can have Armand Ra. I'll, I'll <laughs> ride into the sunset with Danny Dimes, who's now Danny Dollars, by the way, and uh, Quad still. Moving on up. Oh, yeah. QB1. Well, AQB1. How about, okay, so Nick has been bragging for, which rightfully so, rightfully so. I mean, oh, nobody likes a bragger. <laughs> he made quite a few of the playoffs in his million teams, and I think he made quite a few championships. So of that, how many did you end up winning? It ended up being 42% of my leagues I won the championship in, and that's 38 of 90. There are a bunch where I just said, you know what, had this been a normal week and the Buffalo Cincy game finished, you would have won and I just conceded to them. A lot of that to happen that someone did that for me as well. But all in all, probably one of my more successful overall portfolio wins in a season. But man, it's an asterisk championship year for fantasy football. It is. Our thoughts go out to DeMar Hamlin for, you know, his injury. Obviously, he's made miraculous recovery, so we continue to... Um Definitely send him good vibes. But it was a tough ending to a fantasy season. The best part about it, and like the thing I was happiest with, in all of my leagues, everybody was reasonable. Yes. I didn't really have didn't really have any big issues or anything that we really needed to deal with. Everyone kind of just dealt with it really just in a good way. The only time you were really gonna get anything tough is if it came down to Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And it was a super close championship going into that game. That literally could have gone either way. I could understand having somebody a little bit, you know, depending on how you decided to do that, it could have been tricky. But for the most part, I didn't see any issues. I think everybody did their best to reasonably, you know, in money leagues, I saw people split and just say the heck with it. We'll just split the pot. Mm -hmm. Or one person stood out definitely over the other. Some of them were decided on Sunday. They didn't have any players on Monday. So yeah, overall, I think think it ended the way it should. I saw others not have as pleasant an experience overall as we had. And a lot of that comes down to not having something like this in your roles, which I mean, something like this, it I've seen comments that it might not happen again in our lifetime that something like this happens where a game stopped due to injury. This something may be unprecedented, but this is why a solid set of league guidelines is essential to creating an atmosphere where people don't feel cheated or don't feel like they got screwed based on a whim or a dictator's decision for how to resolve something unprecedented. So, I mean, going forward, it might be worth putting into your guidelines how to resolve this situation so everyone knows what to expect. I can understand why some people feel like an incomplete game at least gives it an asterisk. In real life, fantasy football might be a fantasy land, but we're dealing with 
real life situations and there's no way to predict 100% the outcome. So knowing in a league that, and so when you come to these things, you do, like Nick just said, you do have to put maybe some rules or some regulations or find a way. So next year, hey, we've been down this road. God forbid, let's hope nothing like this happens again. But should it happen again, you're prepared in the event and you grow. Yep, learning opportunity for sure. And that's the end result of playing in the playoffs, but the playoffs for the NFL have just begun. Yes, and let's discuss some see you next year players. Let's start with Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. (laughs) Yeah, let's do Baltimore. (laughs) So we got Lamar Jackson. He's going to be a free agent next year. He is not under contract. They have to either try to resign him or he's going to sign somewhere else, but he's probably going to be paid. Where do we, do we think they're going to resign Lamar? Do we think Lamar is going elsewhere? I think they'll probably resign Lamar. He's a big part of the offense there and the entire system that they have there. It's going to be kind of tough to replicate that unless they get another high upside rushing player from another team, make another trade. But regardless of where Lamar ends up, whether it's Baltimore or not, I really don't think I'll even be changing my ranking on him. It's unfortunate that he's hurt right now, but he's got that upside anywhere he goes. Yep. Maybe this is a dumb question. Like, what's the hang up? He doesn't have an agent. Oh. He's his own agent. I mean, I can be an agent. Lamar, call me. You know, this is the extent of his rookie deal. He's going to demand to be paid. He's a rushing QB. They typically fizzle out when they get to 30. Right. Like Cam Newton. But obviously he's, you know, a different player. Oh, you had to go there. Yeah, bring up one of your favorites just for comparison. <laughs> so that's the worry probably from like a ownership GM perspective is giving someone like that a huge deal or whatever the fine detail were where they couldn't work out a deal. Maybe him not playing are the consequences of not working out that kind of a deal. Though, I think it was probably in Lamar's best interest regardless. But especially if he's getting paid next year, I'm not risking anything with that knee. Uh, We'll see where Lamar goes, but I don't see him outside of the first round before and during landing spot. Like, no matter where he goes, I don't have a problem with it. And I've done two mocks so far. I've got Lamar at both of those just because I prefer him slightly still to Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields who are the younger ones just because he's done it before and is still I'm not thinking five years from now I'm thinking the next three right about my QB6 as of right now been getting him in a lot of firsts that's about where I have him too okay moving on to J.K. Dobbins uh, J.K. Dobbins started the season. He was, what, injured for the first couple of weeks coming off of injury from last season. Came in and then got re-injured. Was out for a good portion of the middle of the season and then came back at the end. He showed some promise. What do we think is going to happen with J.K. Dobbins? He's going to be on the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Killing it, crushing it. <laughs> yeah. So I've always been very high on Dobbins, and a year coming off an ACL is always a tough year for any running back. It's usually not until the second year that a player kind of really regains form. He's definitely shown a lot of flashes in when he has played this year. Yeah. Even in the playoff game. So I definitely look forward to seeing what he can do for next year. I still think he's a buy low right now coming off mm-hmm. of injury and kind of not doing a lot this year. Yeah. Did Barkley injure his ACL two seasons ago? Yeah. He's like the one that comes comes to mind for me that had a tremendous year, had injured his ACL in the very first game and then was out for the season and then came back and was like slow to come back and everybody was like, ah, throw Barkley away and then came back this year and had a great season. Yeah, I mean, they're not the same player. Dobbins is no Barkley, but I still think he could be a top 12 running back for you this coming year. More likely an RB2, but where he's kind of going in startups right now and mocks, I I think he's a value. Yep. Yeah, I guess my point to that wasn't necessarily that they were the same player, but that it was yeah. the second year back from the ACL injury that Barkley yes. really was strong. Back back to full but, 100%. But if no Lamar... You're starting to see it here at the end of the season with, even in this losing effort this week, put up 20 points for what would be PPR. And I think part of what the rushing attack that the Baltimore Ravens are is partially because of Lamar and the style of quarterback that he is. Three of his last 
last four weeks during the season, he had 90 or more rushing yards and then snapped here in the playoffs. Recovering from injury, that's uh, something you like to see, and he'll definitely be back. So whoever is the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, Dobbins is going to have some value. And we said earlier in the season that if Dobbins finishes out the season healthy and he's looking better and better as the season ends, he's going to go a lot higher than he was going in our mock drafts during the season. And that's proving to be the case. This is like as good as you could have expected for Dobbins. Okay, good deal. Moving on to uh, yeah, Rashad Bateman. The Batman. Like, I've said it before. I know. You're ready to cut Bateman. <laughs> Come and get all my Bateman. And I feel like I have way too many of him. So Bateman injured and injured again and injured again. And you guys, I think, are higher on him than I am. I'm pretty much like, right now he's dead to me. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Everybody's redeemable, but he's going to have to do miracles. <laughs> I think uh, the note here with Bateman is that who knows who's who his quarterback's going to be next year. Right. And if he's actually healthy and it is Lamar, that could still be a good thing. Could be a different quarterback. Could be more of a pass attack. And it could be a good thing. Even if they brought in another wide receiver, it's not like there's anybody else there. No matter what I think, Bateman is going to have some value next year. How much is just going to depend on what they do around him. I mean, if Lamar is not there, that might be the best thing for him because that, they, you, they can't run the same offense if they don't have him as their quarterback. Yeah, I almost wonder if you get rid of Lamar if Bateman's value goes up because Lamar does run the ball so much. But, I, I mean, it can't get much worse for Bateman. So, there's that. I mean, you know what the floor is. I just would like to see a ceiling be a little higher than it's been. <laughs> so, we've got the Vikings. Yeah, New York loves that team. Oh, the Giants. Jets beat them. The Giants beat them. The Bills beat them. Oh, yeah. They just got schooled by New York teams all over the place. Alright, yeah. so we've got as Cartman would put it, Mr. Overrated Kirk Cousins. Overrated? How is he overrated? Everyone thinks he's trash. Uh, okay. Well, I'm sure he would agree with that for sure, but he's always like Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. He's like, God, they're so overrated. <laughs> yeah. He can't. Like, Craig has had to take Kirk Cousins in some drafts, and he literally dry heaves when he has to pick him. <laughs> he always goes fairly late enough to the point where he's a value as a QB1. I mean, he'd probably still be playing right now if their defense didn't let up 378 yards to Daniel Jones and his practice squad receivers. You know, you say that, but I have to be honest. Kirk Cousins had this weird phenomenon last year, especially in redraft leagues, and and I almost bought into it, but Kirk Cousins was supposed to be the quarterback last year. Like, I remember this whole thing with Scott Fishbowl, and everybody was like, oh man, I want Cousins so bad, and I'm like, okay, you can have them. Like, it's because of completions and completion percentage that made Cousins extra valuable in the Scott Fishbowl. Okay, so you're better with statistics than I am. Did that work out for people this year? No matter where Cousins goes, he's been a value. Yeah, I mean, he was quarterback six this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was drafted later than that in every draft. Every draft. Okay, okay. And even and all the years beforehand, he was a back-end QB1 and just treated like worse than Derek Carr before he got Devontae Adams. So he's just Mr. Consistent. He's like the Mike Evans of the quarterback world. Overachiever. Yeah. Okay. Like he's like the best QB2 to have on your team because you're getting him in QB2 range and you're playing him in your super flex and you're getting QB1 value. All right. Okay. I'm down. Kissing cousins, man. Yep. I have absolutely, well, I think I have one cousins, but that's someone who I just have avoided and to my own detriment because he's exceeded what I thought he'd do every year. Well, I have multiple cousins, but I don't have any cousins. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, yeah, no kissing cousins. <laughs> I have three nephews and two nieces. Yeah, but no cousins. <laughs> no cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um I, I don't think I have a single share of cousins, to be honest. Craig t- Craig, Craig has some more, that's why. Craig took him. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's not happy no, about he's it. Pissed. <laughs> Probably because I sniped him and took the one he wanted, but whatever. All right. Well, um, okay. So we got TJ Hawkinson who moved mid season uh to to Minnesota. And I mean, hello, Hawkinson. I your shares of Hawkinson are beautiful right now. I mean, he's he's done a nice job in Minnesota. Yeah, a team that uses a tight end that finally got a good yes, tight end. Yes, hello. How about 
about the concept of that? Like, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Shocker. We use so we use a lot of tight end because you know we don't run a lot, like a lot of big wide receiver sets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's get a good tight yeah, that end. That was oh, wow. such a gold gold mine for T.J. Hawkinson. Old man Thielen and K.J. Osborne are your competition. Yeah. So much so that even Irv Smith, who just came back, caught a touchdown. And there's enough to go around for everybody. You get a touchdown, and you get a touchdown. Well, he leads the team in catches on the week by a lot. Yeah, and K.J. Osborne. I mean, Osborne. three more than Jay Jets. He had 11 targets. Like, how many tight ends can you say have even been targeted 10 or more times in a game this season? Did you see Hawkinson on Twitter say, like, it was nice to be like, on a team with it, that's in a position to win? Yeah. And then Detroit has more wins than they, they do and that, since, since he's been traded. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, it's not his fault. No, no, I'm not saying it's his fault, but it's still funny. Yeah. The last question is Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So Madison is a free agent, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Dalvin Cook is what? Old. Has an out, but is still technically under contract. But, like, Alexander Madison has the ability to be a lead back. So what happens? How old is Alexander Madison? Younger than Najee, but not by much. Ah, beat me to it. Oh, don't fight, That's boys. That's my favorite unit of measurement, don't, him and Joe Burrow. Don't. <laughs> don't fight, boys. Okay, so does Alexander Madison go find himself a top dog spot? Alexander Madison probably finds himself a top dog spot in Minnesota. Ooh, you think they're going to get rid of Dalvin Cook? If they have an out, they're able to save money on him and just go ahead and sign it. it Lock up Madison for a few years in a similar contract, probably a little bit cheaper. You guys are so smart. I mean, they look scary similar on the field. They, they're like similar builds. They have similar play style. They have similar production when they're starters. It's twinning. The thing we talked about all offseason is that all these running backs we've come to know and love as RB1s uh, most weeks are all turning 28 next year. Oh, so old. Where they're all at the very end and they're going to start dropping. And we're going to probably look up and one or two of them were still good next season but a bunch of them are going to fall off cook is one of those that has at least a chance at keeping being kept under contract even though it is uh, widely speculated that he could also be cut but i mean they could let cook go and bring back madison they could keep cook and bring back madison they could keep cook and bring somebody because i'd imagine it isn't ty chandler but yeah they could cut him and they would have six mil dead cap where they can pay him 14 mil a year and have six mil dead cap. So I guess it'll depend on whether they win the RB sweepstakes, whether they have any incentive to cut Cook or not. I kind of think he's coming back, if I had to guess right now. Madison, mm. a lot more chancy. So... Yeah, I don't know. Just, they could save $10 million. Do you think there's any way that they just like about-face those two and Madison becomes the RB1 and Dalvin Cook takes the step back? You're not going to pay somebody that much money to be a backup. Yeah. If he's staying, it's because he's paid, and if he's paid, he's going to be used. Madison has not taken the job from him yet and has shown no signs of doing so. But the allure of Madison is that every opportunity he's gotten to be the main man, he's been awesome. Yeah. So if he leaves somewhere and he gets to be the main man for someone else, could be awesome. He's one of the more intriguing free agents at running back, I think for sure. But he could also land in this exact same scenario where he gets a couple snaps a game, maybe every once in a blue moon he gets a touchdown on his three touches in a game behind an established starter could still also happen. Could go to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So this is gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. What do you think he'd he'd do like a year contract somewhere? This is gonna be a second contract for a running back. The smart teams aren't gonna pay them a ton of money. I don't know necessarily that he would demand a ton of money. He'll probably either be a bargain uh, starter contract or a backup contract if I had to guess. But I could be wrong. He, there's a, a lot worse ones. They're gonna be out there. He's younger and proven in limited settings enough to where he's going to be one of the more intriguing ones, the ones you want to have on your team. All right. Shall we move on to the fish? The Miami Dolphins? <laughs> I remember Mike is not the biggest fan of the Dolphins. Mike, do you not like the Dolphins? Me? Yeah. <laughs> 
they eat all the fish. No, they eat all the fish. <laughs> they eat all of them. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we've got Tua, and um, obviously it's no secret Tua has definitely had a tragic year of Ill- of injury. He has suffered everything from neck injuries to concussions, but the concussions mm-hmm. have been at obviously, least two of those. At least two, and and pretty and obviously severe. And a backslash neck injury. Yes, yes, and the neck injury. Let's not forget yeah. the neck injury. Back next week. Back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Whatever. <laughs> Back on Thursday, guys. That was one of my favorite Mike quotes. Oh my god. He is expected to be the starter in 2023, but the big question is going to be around his health. I mean, when you've had that type of concussion injury and multiple concussions like that, I guess it's anyone's guess. I mean, we can sit here and speculate what may or may not happen, but he is expected to be the starter in 2023. But isn't there Tom Brady rumors going around? The thing about concussions is that they're not predictable. It could be best case, could be worst case, and no one actually can tell you which is more likely because like it just could be any land anywhere on the spectrum there. The fact that he's had multiple ones definitely is more scary. Yeah. Could still just bounce back and be normal. Could pull a junior say out. Who knows? He's definitely one where if he's already out there in practices and playing and, you know, preparing in preseason, everyone's going to be just fine with Tua. But it's that time we have to wait in between then and now. Like, tell me Tua's okay. Tell me he's passed the concussions. It's going to drive down his value a little bit. So I've seen him go in the second and third round in the mocks I've done so far. If he falls to the third round, that's where I'm willing to take him. Yeah, I don't have any doubt whatsoever that Tua is the starting quarterback for the Dolphins when healthy. I don't think the concussion thing is going to drag on to next year and be another thing. And it's like, oh, now he's just more prone to concussions. I think they'll get ahead of that. I'll take on all the Tom Brady rumors and the, the two and not being healthy rumors. It opens a huge buy window all offseason for him. There are some leagues where he's just kind of going for well below what he could potentially do. And we saw the, the upside with him this year with Hill and Waddle. Yep. The Brady rumors are really interesting to me because I saw a different, I mean, everybody saw a different Tom Brady this year than we've ever seen in the past. And to me, he played like he didn't have a future in Tampa Bay. Whether that be that he will re-retire or he has plans to go elsewhere. I mean, the game last night was just like, what is happening? I mean, none of them are on the same page. Tom Brady is just playing like he can't wait to get out of there. So I don't know. I mean, does Tom Brady end up in Miami and does he play in Miami? Miami, do they? It's going to be interesting how those rumors play out. I think before the offseason, there was potential that he could go there, and there's the whole deal where the Dolphins lost their first round pick for next year. So I think that's where a lot of this is based out of. I think after a year of Tua, unless for some reason Tua is like, I have to retire because of concussions, then all of a sudden Miami's in the market for a quarterback. Assuming that doesn't happen, which is what like the assumption now is that Tua is our quarterback. I don't know who's pushing this other narrative. I think he's a value, like Mike said. I really don't think that's where Brady's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up on, like, the Raiders with how they were treating Carr at the end. Yeah. Treating Carr. They benched him so they couldn't get hurt so they didn't have to pay the guy. Yeah, his money was guaranteed if he got hurt. You had to bench him. He's going to get cut in, like, three and a half weeks, I mean. Yeah. (laughs) All right. well, that's the news out of Miami. Moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. We have Austin Eckler, who is one of Mike's absolute favorite players in the league. 27-year-old Austin Eckler, who was a hell of a running back this year, I would like to say. He started off slow, and I was like, what is happening? How did I pick him in the first round? And it just took him a while. Maybe it's because he's 27 years old and getting older, but... He's not getting younger. He's definitely not. You know what? None of us are. Facts. (laughs) Facts. (laughs) And it sucks. But Austin Eckler, he's an interesting one. So so what do we think Austin Eckler's future is looking like in Los Angeles? Sure. (laughs) Mike can't. Mike is buying all the Austin Eckler, by the way. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm buying him. I'm going to drive the price down. He, I mean, he's getting older. That really hasn't slowed him down a bit yet. He could be good for a few more years, but either way, I'm really interested in seeing what the future of that offense is going to be and who's going to be the offensive coordinator there, who's going to be calling the plays there, what type of system they're going to run, how they're going to utilize Eckler, the different wide receivers, and Herbert in a game plan compared to this year, as it looks like they're making a change there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, as far as age goes, I mean, we've got Mike Williams, who's 28. Um, we've got Keenan Allen, who's 105. He's uh- <laughs> getting there. Specifically. <laughs> So, like, the only young person is actually Justin Herbert. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the kicker. I don't know. He's almost as old as Burrow. (laughs) So, what's going on in Los Angeles? I don't know. Maybe something's in the water that they're all, like, youthful for their age. (laughs) I'll tell you both sides of the coin with Eckler. He's is older. He's in the same age bracket of all these other Dalvin Cook and Fournette and Connor and all these other guys that are aging at running back. He's had less touches, less carries specifically. So does he survive longer based on his playing style and lack of accumulation of touches? Maybe. But to bet that he was going to lead the league in touchdowns again and break LT's total touchdown record and to bet that that was going to happen took some cojones and uh, it happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate on Mike at all for thinking that Eckler might be a risky proposition, but he's one of them that uh, definitely turned out better than worst case scenario this season. Once he got going, once he got those wheels turning, he was uh, he was a great running back to have. It's touchdowns. Touchdowns and catches. <laughs> What's going on with Seattle? They got beat. Gino, we don't know. <laughs> okay, so we are moving on from the Chargers to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Seattle made a quarterback move at the beginning of the season uh, with Russell Wilson leaving Seattle. And Geno Smith has been their quarterback, who has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, If you remember in past episodes, I actually picked Geno Smith in one of our mock drafts uh, for what we would be doing for next year's picks. I think Geno showed a lot of promise this year. Pete Carroll really likes Geno Smith. I know that they have only had preliminary extension talks so far with Geno Smith, but it sounds like as of now, he is expected to be the starter for 2023, even though nothing is set in stone. Correct. They're trying. I mean, that's what you say. That's like everything they should say. I mean, they they have the guy they're going to want to sign him. They don't know who else they can sign a free agency. They don't know who else they could draft. He looked great most of the year, but then he kind of like tapered off a little bit towards the end. He did. He did. I feel like after I took him on that draft pick, I was like, it's all downhill from here. Crap. (laughs) A lot of like what you look at with Seattle, look at Russ when he was going into Denver and how exciting that was going to be because of how good Russ was in Seattle. And then look how Gino did in Seattle. Oh my God. And I just think that's just like a big part of what Pete Carroll is, is how, how great of a system he runs there. And Pete Carroll actually has called Smith, quote, a winner. So obviously Pete Carroll likes Gino Smith which I'm sure is important from the head coaching standpoint. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Gino, quote, won more games than he lost, therefore, by definition, is a winner. A winner. Yay! We all want to be winners. (laughs) Yes, uh, Mr. Smith is basically G, I don't know, because he could be brought back and they don't bring anyone of significance in and he's the starter next year and probably not a lot longer after that. Or they bring him back and then they also draft someone they have the fifth pick overall so they could get one of these top quarterbacks or maybe reach on one of the ones that aren't the top ones or be in a position to trade up for one of the better quarterbacks so that's on the table and they could also sign any one of these free agent quarterbacks and they're probably better than Geno so super risky future for Geno but there's at least certain scenarios where it plays out where Geno is great next year too yeah I think he finished as what would be a QB1 on this season. So it could work out, and if it does, it's uh, an asset you're going to want to own, not one that you're going to regret starting all the time. Yeah, he was playing like his uh, future depended on it, for sure. It did. It absolutely 
absolutely <laughs> did. So way to go, Gino. Way to be a winner. All right. I think that is the news out of Seattle. Um, other than the brief mention of Russell Wilson, who actually makes my do not draft list for those of you who care. Let's move on to the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. So speaking of pirates, mm-hmm. speaking of booty, mm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I would give them the bipolar award of the year where it was like, you know, they're good. They're bad. They're good. They're bad. Like, I don't like what is happening in Tampa Bay. So Tom Brady is going to be an unrestricted free agent. We've talked briefly a moment ago about the rumors out of Miami. I just don't feel like Brady. I mean, not to reiterate the conversation. I just don't feel like Brady looks like he is happy in Tampa Bay anymore. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Brady. I don't know if it's the team. I don't know if it's the coaching. Like, I mean, they went from Super Bowl champions and everything was working to looking like a team of misfits that aren't even on the same page. It's it's just really, it's really strange. Man, you tell me you get Rashad White and Fournette at uh, running back. Maybe your tight ends aren't the greatest, but you have Godwin Evans. and Mike Evans and you get all these weapons at it. Freaking Julio Jones! And this is what you got out of Brady this year. So, either he lands somewhere that has what as good of a situation as he had this year to play with. Yeah. I mean, like, his wide receivers were in and out. I kind of get that. You know, he didn't have Antonio Brown this year. No. The crazy train left the station. I think there's a lot of scenarios. Like, if he goes to the Raiders, that's not better. Is it? That's probably a worse scenario. I mean, like, at best, it's as good. And what was this year? So. Maybe he needs to just ride off into the sunset. I don't know. I think as soon as Brady signs somewhere, he's going to have a little spike in value. And it's probably in your best interest to get off of him at that moment. Yeah, that's what she said. He still was a QB1 this year, but he was outscored by Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones. I mean, can you even imagine? Well, Goff, of course. (laughs) Kirk Cousins. Listen, (laughs) if I'm a quarterback and I got outscored by Jared Goff, I'm retiring. Well, like, oh, he doesn't have the upside of Goff. That's the problem. I can't do that. I can't have 20-some quarterbacks retire. No. (laughs) Rashad, speaking of Rashad White and Leonard Fournette, do we think Rashad White is going to take over that backfield? They could potentially cut Fournette. They could also potentially keep Fournette. Rashad White was an older prospect coming in, but has looked fine and actually, you know, better with a lot of the work that Fournette had. Yeah, Fournette battled some injury. Yep. I mean, there's a chance it's both of them there next year, which kind of limits each of them, but also makes each of them have some value, but not if it's like Kyle Trask at quarterback. That's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> It'll depend on how their quarterback situation plays out, how much I like either one of their running backs in the running game that team is going to have to offer. And there's always Kayshawn Vaughn, right? Just until I find someone else to drop. Stop teasing me. <laughs> yeah. They don't really have a realistic out on Fournette for this year. He's probably going to be in the backfield with White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can they can cut him and save a, a tiny bit of money, but it's really not even worth at that point. Yep. So real quick. I don't think it's likely. So Nick joins, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he is an honorary gent in... The Pipe Club? Yes, yes. He's not in the Pipe Club yet, but he's going to work on it. First rule about Pipe Club. <laughs> <laughs> so he took an orphan team, and he's got some work to do. So... I had to laugh. I'm looking at he's playing the waiver wire as Nick does so well. And I see him pick up Vaughn. <laughs> I am immediately like, <laughs> he has not let go. I'm like, you know, you make fun of me over Miles Gaskin. But I'm like, he still holds hope. He picked up Kayshawn Vaughn. I was like, yes, he did. Oh, Nick. Yeah. So that that just that doesn't speak to my love of Keyshawn Vaughn. That speaks to my roster, the quality of that yeah. roster and what's available <laughs> on free agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm really considering picking up Colby Parkinson instead because that's the best player on free agency that and is rostered in the most leagues of anyone on free agency at seven and a half percent. That's how deep this Ooh. league is. So yeah. that's a nice number. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm just saying like that's that's a crap ton of players on rosters and seven roster spots weren't even being used on this orphan. So yeah, picking up some uh, long range starts. Well, FYI, I do need a quarterback. So you know you can't have Amon Ra. He's never on the block. Mm-hmm. So moving right along. 
Young, let's finish this podcast for the day out with what are we doing? What is our strategy for startup drafts, mock drafts, and those types of things? <laughs> what is our strategy right now for mocks and drafts? Right now for me, I'm putting like a really big focus on safety and security um, in the early rounds because there's very little of that and that's going to be very important when you're drafting this early. After that, I'm kind of assessing the upside and you're not taking players at the upside, but when they start to hit a value, that's when I'm starting to look at them. Guys like Tua who are starting to fall, some of the other quarterback question marks that are starting to fall, guys like Jared Goff falling late in the rounds are going to be values for you going into next year with the upside of being QB1s at a, at a starter long term. Yeah, definitely the biggest thing for me is just the safety and security of, of uh, going with the top quarterbacks that are set in stone when you have the opportunities to get them. Running backs early, obviously, is going to be a risk because they can easily get hurt in the offseason or things can change with contracts and the draft. So so people who are set in stone, yeah, non-question mark players. Yep. Mike nailed it on the head as far as risk. Like that is the theme of drafts right now because free agency, combine, draft, offseason, like all this is going to happen before you actually even start start a player in the game of fantasy football. The players that have a lot of security are getting bumped up right now in drafts. If you have question marks, you're being pushed down and almost ranked in the severity of your question mark. And that's how they're going right now. It's totally going to shake up. So the people that preach, you know, you don't rebuild with running backs. This is the time of season where that is the most apparent for that perspective, at least because you can name like maybe 10 running backs and then the rest of them totally could have someone just laying next to them that cuts their value in half like you don't know so all the mid-range rb2 and on has huge question marks so right now maybe those top five are worth a little more than they will be once all the landing spots and draft and everything are set in stone so for me right now if i'm taking a running back it's only one of those top ones where i'm really confident in their role next year and going forward and the rest of them i'm just trying to get what I think would be a value where like looking at worst case scenario and then ranking them that way and then kind of taking them on that so that I don't get caught reaching on someone whose value drops by a lot before I even get to start them in fantasy football. So like Mike said, risk is a, a major factor right now. Definitely playing a role in the running backs and in the quarterbacks. I'm assuming you guys are doing more mocks than actual startups right now. I know Mike's doing a startup, uh, I'm on my second mock in a row, at least right now. Just now starting to get a bunch of ranks back in order. But this is a perennial thing as far as how risk goes and timing of the year. When you're drafting right now, like you're going to do well if your upside plays pay off. If you get your guys that are kind of falling late and dropping because of the question marks. And you know what? Come September, the question marks are gone. That That's where you win right now. Yeah, I don't have any startups going. Um, I just have... Um, um, are you planning on doing vampire? Yes, I'm doing the vampire. So I have to be honest. If you have the opportunity to be a vampire, A, you can win. So the pot for that vampire league this year, the vampire won $1,600. So it's a good... It's like a nice pot if you win, but because you are so diligent with waivers and you are so knowledgeable with waiver pickups, I feel like you are made to be a vampire. You you would crush it. The vampire in that league, so it's a three-year league, and if the vampire wins in one of those first two years, he gets the pot or whatever. So he won in the second of three years. So it'll go on for three years if the vampire doesn't win and then at the third year whoever wins wins and then it starts back over but he did win in year two and he was just diligent about playing the waivers and I'm like oh my god Nick was born for that role just consistency and participation yes yeah and somehow I'm gonna be a successful vampire because I don't suck <laughs> yeah no I feel like you'd be actually a really good vampire and and really I mean year to year yeah it's great to win but if you win as a vampire you win big bet Bats. Since no one's drafting a vampire league for six months. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Mike, how are you approaching the QB position right now? Right now, QB position, I really prioritize in getting like quarterbacks early when I can, and then seeing how things go, seeing where people are drafting. They, their drafts, I mean, if this is my second 23 startup post playoffs, they're going to vary tremendously this time of year. They're not going to be the same things going forward, but especially if I have one of the early picks, I can get a top quarterback. I'm doing that. If in the second round, I can get the same thing going again, that's great. If quarterbacks are falling, that's even better. They're going to be the most valuable positions. And if other people are going to start taking wide receivers and other positions before them with more question marks, I'll probably end up with a few quarterbacks there. Right now, it's like there's less than 20 quarterbacks where you're just absolutely confident that they're the starter or even confident that where they are the starter. Yeah. So a limited commodity is even more limited right this time of year. And it makes just getting one of those top 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 quarterbacks just that much more important right now because other ones have really low floors. Like you could take this pick and it could fall 10 rounds in value if you messed up. I think there's also something to say about how much quarterback value can fall. I mean, I mean, obviously they, they aren't great guys to have had this year, but you're going to get late opportunities to get Russ, to get Stafford, to get Rodgers, to get Brady, uh, even to get Goff after everything he's done this year as a QB1. Those types of guys are just falling tremendously. So you can actually, you can definitely sneak some value late. So my argument as far as team build was I wanted to get two stud quarterbacks. And then you look at this draft this year so far, at least right now, in the drafts I've seen, there's at least eight quarterbacks in the first round every draft of 12 picks. The only one who gets mixed in those first eight as they come off the board is Justin Jefferson or Jay Jets, if you've lived under a rock. <laughs> going to say you mean JJ. Uh, <laughs> Squeeze me, but can we refer to him as JJ? <laughs> JJ. Who's that? Who, Who is that? <laughs> I mean, that's just like how it's been kind of like flowing over the years. Like uh, as Superflex got more and more popular, running backs and other positions started falling really out of the first round. I mean, I'd say maybe two years ago, startups were still fairly running back happy for the format. and But like really last year and then going into this year, I think we're really starting to see more and more of a quarterback shift in priority in the first round. Yep. So this is interesting because you guys are, have always been running back heavy drafters. So are you saying that as a whole you have prioritized or you prioritizing quarterbacks higher than running backs at this point? You say we're uh, as far as favoring running backs. What it really is, it's favoring scarcity. Right. Positional scarcity. And Correct. the scarcity comes at both quarterback and running back. And if you're drafting right now, the running backs, all of them have worry. Like the NFL draft takes down running backs every single year, where a bunch of these quarterbacks have zero chance of the NFL draft taking them down. So, if you're going to invest your very first pick, or your second pick, or your third pick, you want to invest in something that you know the bottom isn't going to fall out of it. Right. Because you're investing all that much draft capital in it. So, right now, it's quarterbacks. And for me, like really after that, that, that top group of quarterbacks it's there's like four running backs that i'm really confident in and it's jt kenneth walker etn and swift i understand not all parties value swift and in some drafts you may be able to get him later but in his limited workload which wasn't a full workload he shined in that and i still believe in the player that he is so really i'm happy having any one of those four and i'm willing to pay the price tag or even just about the price tag for those four which would end up being over maybe some of the qb2s or wide receiver ones that others would prefer and then after that like uh, the Barkley and CMC which are close to the same age Brees Hall who's coming off an ACL and Javante Williams coming off knee injuries as well like the questions start adding up after you get after those top ones so for me because of the scarcity of the top ones with low risk I'm willing if I'm drafting right now to be investing in those top four and then I'm looking for values because those top four I know if I hit the floor the floor isn't super low I just took Swift at the 412. That's awesome. The pick before the pick before him was Tony Pollard. Right, right. And that's looking at last season's stats. You look at their overalls. You see Swift is lower. I pick Pollard. Pollard is an older prospect. And if you look at it on per game, yep, Pollard was probably a little better last year, but he's also a free agent. Who knows what his landing spot's going to be? DeAndre Swift has the draft capital and is definitely going to be back on a team that has a trajectory that is pointing up. I would definitely prefer Swift. They're like two, three, four, five five, six, seven, eight, eight spots apart in just my running back rankings for me personally. Do you worry about injury with Swift? Yeah, 
worry about injury with everybody. I know, but... I think you worry about injuries in general with running backs. Swift has had some injuries. I think the management this season is knowing that this isn't our year to make our playoff runs. We're managing one of our better assets and not using them and up and running them into the ground, especially when they've had injuries previously. They're going to slow roll every injury recovery because it's just this isn't the year where they're trying to take it down, but next year could be. Like look at JMO. Yeah. Like JMO, they, they shut down most of the year, brought him in at the end, and yep. played him sparingly. Yep. And I think it's the same logic why they're preserving Swift. Okay. So you don't think it was necessarily that he couldn't have come out and play, but that there was really no point in risking further injury. His problem wasn't what he did with his touches. It was the amount of them. Okay. Interesting. No, I don't think Jamal Williams is a better running back. Okay. I got you. That makes sense. You guys are so smart. Yeah. I took Swift and let Swift and Lance who ended up taking that turn. So wide wide receivers, same thing as running backs. Like That's a lot safer. Yeah. You're going with less scarcity. Yeah. There's like a ton of wide receivers. I mean, obviously, um, the ones you're gonna, that I'm going to be avoiding right now are the older ones, yep. the guys that are kind of overvalued. Cooper Cup. <laughs> I avoid Cooper Cup at value just because of the age with the injury, and then maybe he starts getting re-injured. Maybe we've seen the last of a big Cooper Cup season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe he continues going, but that's just not worth the risk for me for the amount of time you'll end up having him. Is he a sneaky buy right now? Like, do you think other people are thinking the same thing and they're definitely looking to sell Cup and maybe the value's pretty low because there is a huge question mark and you may get a sneaky good year? Oh. Too soon. Too soon. Oh. They still remember when Cup was dominating and one of the best assets to have. Okay. They probably want more than he's going to be worth once you get to the beginning of the season. And he's still rehabbing. At that point, his value is going to be creeping down and down and down. But right now, it's looking at last year's average stats. And it's like, holy cow, Cooper Cup, Super Cup. Yeah, Super Cup. Someone who I'm a little more interested in who are older prospects. So like Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Are those anyone who's going to end up on your team, Papa? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially right now as we're getting into the rookie draft season, the, the older assets are starting to get pushed back in startups or trying to get moved for picks. And I, I was always one to move the old their assets for early picks when I can, but sometimes you're able to just get such values. And I remember we're in a, a league last year, I mean, completely different position, but I, I know I sent like the 109 and the 110 for, for Barkley and Chubb, you know, yeah. which I think the picks ended up being like, they were like Sky Moore and somebody else. I, I forget what the other pick ended up being, but there's just a lot of value that you can get out of some, out of uh, acquiring older assets this time of year and going into your rookie draft season. And, and Josh Allen loves digs. I think those two I picked out specifically because their value is still a wide receiver one, even though yeah. there's only a couple more seasons. Like in like the drafts I did right now, would you prefer Garrett Wilson or either one of those wide receivers? Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I, I would too. And Diggs and Hill go over Garrett Wilson in all those drafts. What about like yeah. T. Higgins? Definitely T. Higgins. Me too. What about Amon Ra? No, I'm picking Amon Ra 100% of the time, even over J. Jet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I, I think I too would take Amon Ra over them in a startup. And that testament to Noble's call of loving Amon Ra St. Brown. There you go. Uh, give me that. But what you said there, I agree with, and it's also against the grain. Diggs and Hill are probably going to go above those guys right now in drafts just because of, I'm looking at what last season finish were, how they're doing right now. Like, Diggs just blew up in the playoffs. I, I'm cool with it. And then, like, you start realizing that by the end of next season both of them will be 30 so it's like if you're sure you're competing there's a good chance they're probably still going to be decent next year but yeah. man you could get younger guys that might do just as well or close to as well that last a lot longer <sighs> I'm of the camp where you always want to build a team that is capable of winning, right? And depending on how your draft is going, if you feel really good about the first couple of picks, I may be inclined to take Diggs or Hill knowing, you know what? I'm not going to lose with these guys unless something crazy happens, but something crazy can happen to anybody on the field. So sometimes I do feel like I I'm going to take them. I'm going to take Old Faithful. I'm going to play I'm going to play that that card. 
I'm going to gamble. You know, you may end up with wide receiver one in an amazing year with like Cooper Cup last year, or you may end up with finally getting bit because he gets injured. When you're picking right there, I kind of think of it like this, especially this time of year. When you get closer to the season, different story. Those older guys become a little bit more sure bets. But do you want to gamble $100 with insurance that you're at least going to get $65 out of that? Or do you want to gamble $100 with the insurance that in worst case scenario, you only get 30 bucks out of it? That's what it's like when you gamble on an older guy where worst case scenario, it ends up not being worth the least squat and your time is up and it's too late and they've already dropped a ton in value. Those younger guys, if it doesn't end up being as good as you can see, they're still going to have some of that value more than the older guy who just fell off. If you take Amon Ra and you take Tyreek Hill and they have the same year this year, this coming season in 2023, Amon Ra is going to be worth more than Tyreek Hill next year. Right. Because Tyreek Hill will be 30 going on to his 30 season. Like Amon Ra is going to be worth more if they do the same. So do you want to win now? You can win now and not throw away 2024 and beyond in some of these draft selections. And that's why I fade away from like Tyreek and Diggs if I can get these other guys. You're not going to win a championship because a trade calculator says your team has the most value. But with that being said, I mean, I draft for value, trade for need. Mm-hmm. Build as much value as you can so you have as much to move around as you possibly can. And you can acquire those guys like Diggs and uh, Tyreek Hill. And it's going to get a time when you hit the rookie draft and teams are desperate and all of a sudden, you know, you're at a tear break at the 111, 112 and, you know, one of those picks gets you Tyreek Hill and that puts you over the top. Like, those are the situations I'd be looking for. Not so much taking him in the third round of a startup. That's just not where the value is going to be. Especially if you're good and you're picking late. There's wide receivers there every single year. Yep. Oh, you need to rebuild that wide receiver. There it is. Yeah. It's at the end of the rounds. Oh, well, what's that at 111 again this year? Oh, another receiver. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Surrender the Keyshawn booty. <laughs> <laughs> the treasure. Yep. Yeah. My Debbie League just added our uh, guys in on uh, to our rosters that they added so far. That was nice. Yeah, you got Arch Manning, do you? Yeah, I do, but they <laughs> added uh, Bijan and uh, JSN to my roster. It was nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> yep. And then next year, Marvin Harrison Jr., Xavier Worthy, and Trevion Henderson. That's going to be another nice one. Yeah, man. Jeez, Ohio State fan. Yeah, man. Shall we finish this podcast out with my favorite position, and that is the tight end position. Sure. So, of course, we have Travis Kelsey for what? The 900th year in a row ending at tight end one. Travis Kelsey's getting up there, too. I mean, he's definitely beyond his prime. He's a phenomenon. He's the exception, not the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a freak of nature. Not looking to necessarily slow down anytime soon, but... But the last game that they did play, I mean, he wasn't his best points game. Yep. That and Kelsey's 33 years old. The only other tight end is like Zach Ertz at 32 and then like Taysom Hill and Logan Thomas, 32 and 31. So it's... Yeah, he's definitely a, a freak of nature. He, he's up there for sure, but he's... I've seen him go one or two in the drafts that I've done so far, both over uh, over Kyle Pitts both times. I mean, we've been saying it for how many years now that he's, you know, getting there in age, time to start looking. But I mean, what kind of advantage does a player like Travis Kelsey give you in, a, in any kind of premium half point or full point premium? premium format mm-hmm. you know even if it is for two years yep so it, as far as how i'm approaching the tight end position yeah i want either andrews or kelsey as the first ones off the board but i'm probably not going to end up with them and this is why i see like six tight ends that i'm really happy with and then maybe a seventh and that's the same ones we are basically at here in the midseason with andrews kelsey pitts and then hawkinson kittle and goddard like so as soon as four of them come off the board i'm considering taking a tight end with my next pick if Kittle and Goddard are there. Like, I'm trying to get one of those top six because those are the ones that I'm most confident in right now. Uh, all, when you start getting into the ones afterwards, there's big question marks that have to be answered. They could be. Yeah. And they could be worth the late tight end one come season. But if I'm drafting right now, it's risky to bet on one of these guys when before even football plays, they could fall down into like the late 20s at tight end. Right. Because of how things work out. So you want the top ones are one of the late ones this is the time of year where that makes the most sense to me because tight ends 7 through 12 every year is a rotating door and a lot of those doors are somewhat revealed as the offseason goes on so I'm not trying to spend extra draft capital to secure one of these ones that I currently have 7 through 12 and they could fall out of that before
before we even get to playing football. Yeah. Is Pitts still a solid pick for you up in the top seven? Uh, I saw that he had like the most unrealized air yards for tight ends. He still has that potential. He's still drastically younger than anyone else who you're basically going to draft a tight end. I mean, like he's the same age as Dan Bellinger. Totally still an investment that's probably worth making, but it's funny how like one year, two year, and then now we're in year three and he's not still not the tight end one. Yeah, his first year he had the thousand yard season and then he had the, the this Mariota debajo. Mm-hmm. It looks great for Pitts, but even now, three years later, he's going lower than he was three years ago. And he's still done okay and showed promise. I mean, he's been one of my targets this offseason. He's definitely gonna continue to be one of my targets this offseason because now this is around where I'm going for paying with it yep paying his price finally with that dip as far as other drafts i'm kind of with nick on this i'm kind of targeting that top tier i'm not so much in the kelsey uh andrews tier but hawk would be somebody i'd be targeting goddard a big target of mine absolutely yeah big uh late throw i know uh you just got him in your mock Isaki. Mm-hmm. another freak tight end i love and you know if you went on a team that used the tight end yep so if you don't end up one of those top six i mean technically i want like Fryermuth next and schultz even though he's a free agent and commit with his up and down tendencies year over year and still being young and Waller who missed most of the season and Njoku who was hit and miss and Dawson Knox who was touchdown dependent and then Dulcich and McBride that were young but there were other things going on that might not be the same the question marks get bigger and bigger and bigger as you go down so rather than gambling on my favorite one of the ones with the big question marks I want to wait until almost all of them gone and then you can get Gusecki as the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th tight end off the board. Yes, he's a free agent. He has the ability to be a wide receiver threat for a team. He gets lands on a team that uses the crap out of a tight end in the passing game. He's going to be awesome. And you don't know that now. You won't know that until towards the beginning of the season. So that's part of the reason why I want to fade the middle, take other bets that I'm more sure of, and then gamble on several of these later bets because one of these tight ends are probably going to be worth something. Sure, some of them are going to crap out, but uh, betting on ones like Gasecki or Gasecki is going to be uh, a, a better bet than paying up to get the 10th tight end off the board in Darren Waller, I think. Yeah. Him and Dallas would be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything else you want to add about mocks and drafts, or should we uh, finish up this podcast? I think we're about out of time. Plan for the next pod, I want to dive in a little bit into who are the best players to have that helped you win in fantasy football last year and see what we can learn from that. Um, and, and then going forward, we'll have a sophomore draft coming up here in the near future and then start diving into some of the rookies as we get into that season and then other teams that are in the playoffs as we approach the Super Bowl. So uh, just now getting back into the swing of things. By the time you hear me next, I'll be in Nashville recording. I'm moving, so please forgive me for... Uh, yeah! Not pumping out as many podcasts as we were previously. We'll be back on schedule soon. Very good. Nick is moving to the capital of country music, and Nick happens to be a huge country music fan, so this is really exciting for him. The biggest, actually. Actually, the biggest country fan. Loves it. All of them. Yeah. He's constantly sending me links to to Blake Shelton (laughs) on Sleeper. It's it's very weird. Blake Shelton's. Stop it. Shania Twain. Let's go, yeah. girls. Ten-gallon bucket hat just to fit in. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Let's end this pod. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, week after week, we certainly hope we're bringing you information that you're using to win championships in your fantasy leagues and make moves. Make sure to follow us, rankdrafttrade.com, our website, on on Twitter at Rank Draft Trade. That's our handle on Twitter, correct? <laughs> at Rank Draft Nailed Trade. Nailed it. I know. I know yes. it's your first time. You're doing great, though. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned earlier, if you don't know by now, my Twitter handle is at NobleG underscore FF. So make sure to follow me there. AKA Mom. AKA Mom. AKA Queen. Nobleg. AKA Nobleg. Which... <laughs> mom Nobleg. <laughs> In a couple years, Nick and I have decided we're just going to be mom and dad of the pod. <laughs> no, nope, there's only mom and papa. I'm just going to have to be like rebellious child You're or something. Be a cousin. <laughs> the cousin. No, I'm nephew. Cousin. The cousin. Anyway, we hope that you laughed 
and got all the information and we certainly hope we made your fantasy dreams come true. So thank you for listening and tune in next week for more fun and fan, where fun and fantasy meet. <laughs> you guys, that's an Adam and Eve commercial. I was gonna say, what is that? Like that's what that farmers dating app? <laughs> no, worse, worse. before now. Oh my god, uh, it's perfect. Oh I need to call up Adam and Eve and find out if we can take their tagline. Only fantasy friends. I don't think they'll let you. Well, it's lame and we should get it because we're fantasy and, you know, whatever. They might make you order stuff from them. Fine. All right. I'll order some fishnet stockings. <laughs> you get like 15 free gifts if you order something. It's Mike doesn't know from experience or anything, but He's apparently met fantasy where uh, fun meets it. You can't put this in here because occasionally I have clients who are like, oh, it's your podcast. I need to listen. And if they listen and the word dildo is mentioned, I'm going to have to answer to that. So (laughs) Sounds like they're getting a deal. (laughs) Yep. It's a two for one, people, so make sure to listen to the podcast. Gross. (laughs) Use promo code 15 off. Today is brought to you by Fun and Fantasy. We're out. Yeah. The fantasy dreams. Buenas noches. Hasta yeah. la vista, baby. Good night. Where do I get to talk about Amon Ra? <laughs> mm, yeah, it's just not going to make the show. Um, but it probably will. <laughs>